Hi guys, welcome to Midlife Crisis. This is a podcast uh, hosted to you by two middle-aged gamers. Uh, quick host introductions. My name is Francis and my other host is... Dan. Cool. So, E3 <laughs> just happened. Uh, the dust is kind of settled now, so it's kind of appropriate to talk about it. What happened? What went right? What went wrong? Uh, how much of the conference did you actually catch when it was on there? Uh, not a great deal because I was away over the weekend, but I caught up afterwards, um, uh, catching up on them in completely the wrong order. So uh, it, it was really weird for me because a lot of things that people had seen and had been announced already, I was watching essentially a, a conference that was in the future. Yeah. So it was quite confusing at times, but um, I, I think I got it all straight in the head afterwards. So. I think this time scale of watching it afterwards is probably quite beneficial because of the, the time distance with us being in the UK, and most of the conferences happened at like two in the morning, so it's probably not a bad idea to catch up afterwards. Um, Leak was... Yeah, I, was, I wasn't doing any staying up, yeah. No, of course, no. I, I made that mistake of watching the Sony conference. I stayed up until two in the morning, and uh, as we will get onto the Sony conference, which actually last on our itinerary, um, yeah, it's kind of disappointing, so staying up to 2am wasn't the best idea, but... So, yeah. with regards to games that we're currently playing, before we crack into the E3 nitty-gritty stuff, um, what are you currently playing at the moment, Dan? Uh, right now, I'm playing some Borderlands, because um, I was kind of guessing there wasn't any announcement about that. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah, was... I thought yeah. you'd, uh, you'd feel strongly about that. <laughs> yeah, there was a few things that they didn't actually announce, which I was kind of majorly disappointed about, to be honest with you, but... Um, is there anything else apart from Borderlands that you've uh, had on the go at the moment? I've uh, been playing a little bit of Fallout Shelter um, on PlayStation since that came out. And uh, oh, what else? What else? Uh, oh, the uh, Elder Scrolls announcement kind of got me looking at Skyrim again. Yeah, I think a lot of people so far there. off. A lot of people have been tempted to uh, to revisit Skyrim. I think after the uh, the announcement that Bethesda made, yeah. And it still looks really good. I mean, you go back to it and you kind of think, well, just how good could Elder Scrolls look if it's next gen? You know, but the next one, I mean. Yeah, no, this is the question. I think the amount of iterations of Skyrim that we've had, uh, and as we progress onto the Bethesda thing, we're obviously mentioned the little joke that they played. Um, but Skyrim's been around for a long time on, on many different platforms as well. Many, many, yeah. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, I'm currently playing through Fallout Shelter, similar to yourself. Um, I never got a chance mm. to play on it when it was on the mobile platform, even though it still is. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun with that. Uh, other than that, I'm playing Kingdom Hearts after the many announcements that they've made, which we'll cover um when we go through the different conferences but i thought i'd owed it to myself to play through them since i hadn't actually played them since the ps2 era but this is one of the ones that you're gonna because sometimes i tell you a game that i haven't played and you go i can't believe you haven't played that i have never played a kingdom hearts game 
it's a very niche game, I think, um, with the content primarily being a cross between Disney and Final Fantasy. You have to have, I don't know, like a passion for both of them. Um, if you don't like Final Fantasy, you might not be like steered into playing these games. And if you don't really like Disney, because it is like Little Mermaid, uh, all the other stuff I'm like. I was going to say, The Little Mermaid, that's, that's my bag, yeah, that really is. <laughs> um, but, but the rest of them, you know, not, not too fast, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. I, like, I, I played them when they were on the PS2 many moons ago, but I thought I might as well have another crack at them. Um, other than that, I've been playing Fortnite because my uh, one of my friends is trying to get me into playing that, and I just can't get my head around it to be honest with you. Um, I get I get the mechanics, but when it comes to building stuff, I'm just I'm just camping behind a tree most of the time. Yeah, my my eleven year old's constantly trying to get me to play it, and it's just it's there's no story. It's just you know. <laughs> I get the appeal, and I understand why it's got this massive market worldwide. A lot of younger generation players are getting into it, but also the sort of the older gamers are sort of picking it up. And if you can get your head around the building mechanics, then I can understand why you enjoy it. But there's a lot to pick up, and if you don't have the time to invest in playing the game, then you're kind of lost, really. Yeah. Um. And, well, I don't have the time, so it's just not coming together for me. And that's the thing. And I think there's a problem with gaming nowadays. As games as a service, you have to invest in the time. Games like uh, Fortnite, all the other Battle Royale games, Overwatch, things like that. If you don't have the time to play them, you don't get good at them. And you kind of get beaten by like a 12-year-old. And it's kind of depressing, really. Yeah, to get the value, you've got to completely know life it, you know, and yeah, of course. just play that. Um, and being middle-aged gamers with children, it's kind of hard to find the time, so. Yeah, completely, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, E3, obviously, been and gone. Uh, there were many conferences spaced over the couple of days, over the weekend. Uh, there was also games on the shop floor, which some of them weren't actually announced at the conference, uh, but will go in chronological order chronological uh, order as the way that they happen is probably the easiest way to deal with it so first up was ea um we all know ea the developers of the sports games they do many sports games um but also yeah many games with microtransactions as well this was one that they just kind of they rolled through it, and I was just like listening. And I have to admit, I, well, we've already said I was catching up, and uh, I have to admit I was skipping through some of EA's presentation. And and if it's bad enough to make you skip through it, you uh, some of those some of those things like yeah, the, um, the command and conquer thing. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. I think what it comes down to is if it doesn't grip you straight away, then why should we invest our time in you? Mm. But obviously out out the gates, they announced obviously the new Battlefield 5, which we knew about prior uh, to the conference. There wasn't really a lot of new stuff that they brought to the table, but surprise, surprise, they announced a Battle Royale mode for it. Well, um, uh, well we've just been talking about Battle Royales and stuff like that. 
it's kind of if we can invest the time in it. But then Battlefield One, that gripped me. I got into it. I really enjoyed the single player, the the multiplayer. I played a bit. I played it for for about a month, and then it kind of waned away. It wasn't like Battlefield Four that you got really invested in and you stuck with for for a long, long time. And I think um, that's for for me anyway. Yeah, of course, and I think that's the problem that a lot of people had is they wanted the new Battlefield Four. Um, after Battlefield One, we've gone back in the past, and everybody's like, "Oh, we need another World War Two, World War One game." But after playing Battlefield One, there was a lot that was lacking for Battlefield. There's no helicopters, there's no RPGs, and all that sort of stuff. The fun that you had with Battlefield Four wasn't there with Battlefield 1. It was realistic in the sense of it was gritty, you were going through the trenches, but it didn't have that oomph mm. or the replayability that Battlefield 4 had. Yeah, I think that, that nails it. It, it kind of lost something, and I don't know whether this is going to bring it back. Potentially. I think the Battlefield, uh, the Battle Royale setting for Battlefield makes sense. Massive maps. It could work, but the way that they announced it was kind of like, oh, Everybody else is doing it. We haven't actually put it into our game yet, but rest assured that it's going to be there. So is it going to be rushed? We don't know. But the justification afterwards was something like, basically, we really like Battle Royales, so we thought we'd do one. Yeah. But it was like, whoa, really? <laughs> I think Captain's subtext there with VA is we realise that Fortnite makes a lot of money and we are interested in money, so... Yes, yes, everybody likes money, don't they? <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, the next thing that EA kind of hinted on was there's a new FIFA, there's a new Madden, there's a new NBA Live game. Sports games, they come out every year, they sell really well. Am I going to play any of them? Probably not. No, I don't care about them either. Should we move on? Yeah, <laughs> oh, swiftly moving on. Um, they, they look nice, they look kind of realish. They you know. do, and people enjoy them, but I don't play competitive sports, nor do I enjoy them. So, But Star Wars is one thing that I do enjoy. So they hinted on the new Battlefront 2 DLC, which is set in the Clone Wars, which is kind of exciting. Um, and the fact that it's free is also a bonus. Have you got Battlefront 2 already? I do have Battlefront 2. I got it at launch. Um, was yeah. it a mistake that I bought it at launch? Yes, because I didn't really play it and I probably could have bought it for a lot cheaper. But the way that they backtracked with the microtransactions, I didn't really care that I had to play or invest time into the game to unlock things, but it annoyed a lot of people, which I get. Yeah, yeah. I um, I didn't buy it on launch. I'm still waiting. I'm, I'm looking for a sweet spot on the price and it's only 20 quid at the moment. But um, you can wait. I'm kind of thinking, oh, I can wait a bit longer, yeah. yeah uh, and if I wait till this um, Clone Wars comes out, I bet the base game will be on offer at some point. Yeah, With, so. yeah without a doubt, because they released the, the solo content after the solo film came out. They've now announced the Clone Wars. Come Christmas time, ain't nobody going to care about that game. You're going to get it for about a fiver, so. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I, did, I did. Have you played through the single player content? Because I really want to play that. I know it's not much, but I think I'd like to see it. Everybody wanted single player content, and I love Battlefront One. I got the platinum for it. I played it to death. Getting to level fifty was an absolute nightmare, and it took forever. 
but I enjoyed getting there. Did I want a single player? Yes, of course I did. Was I happy that they put single player in there? I wasn't until I actually played it. The, the mission structure is great at the beginning. It kind of throws you in. You're, you're part of the, the dark side, but you're not. And things change. And then you get to play as Luke. You get to play as Han. And you're kind of like, uh, they just put it in, really, it seems. They kind of rushed it, in my opinion, anyway. Oh, well, that's my day. <laughs> yeah. I think what... EA games have got going for them is the Frostbite engine is incredibly good looking. It is amazing. Everything looks realistic. Yeah. So most of the time you're spent looking around going, oh, that tree looks good or the foliage looks good. But that's not what I want from an action game, really. Well, you're tearing past that foliage and stuff so quickly. Mm. You kind of think, what's the point afterwards? Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. So get it when it's cheap. That's probably the best thing. But they also announced a new Star Wars game. It was it was kind of an awkward uh, meeting where there's the guy from Respawn, uh, who are the Titanfall developers, um, ex-Call of Duty guys, who was sat, sat yeah. in the crowd and basically a woman went up to him with a microphone and said, huh, why are you here? What are you doing with your time? And they announced Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and did they show much? They didn't show anything. They didn't even show a logo. It no. was literally him yeah. saying, yeah, we're making a game. And that's pretty much it. Do you know, if you if you ever search for uh, on YouTube for Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the first result is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order reveal how not to reveal a game. <laughs> um, I, it just, it, it fell so flat. It was just, you know, you, you've got nothing to show. Um, and, and literally, the only news is Respawn are working on it, and they did a bang-up job with Timefall. Yes. So, kind of looking forward to it, kind of excited to see something, but um, you've got nothing to show, you know, or, or nothing real to show. And I think throughout this E3, that was one thing that bugged me about some developers, that they, they, they announce stuff that's so far in the future that there's absolutely no point in announcing it, really. Of course, yeah. You know, just... If yeah. they had like a little bit of gameplay, people are like, oh. But I think the issue with, especially with EA having the Star Wars franchise, is last E3, they showed off a showcase of some games that look amazing. But since then, they've got rid of the development teams, those games don't exist anymore, or they've turned into something else, which is pointless. Yeah. So, yeah. Good for them. Hopefully Disney kind of <laughs> revoke the Star Wars license from them and give it to somebody like Naughty Dog, and we'll all be happy. So we'll see on that one. That would be absolutely lovely. Yeah, um, yes. Maybe things will unravel for them. Ah, swiftly moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, EA announced Unravel 2. Um, I had a quick go on the first one when it first came out. The problem with me is I don't like buying digital games. I prefer to have them as physical copies. But the bonus with Unravel yeah. 2 is they announced it and they said, guess what, guys? You can download it now if you want to, so which is cool. Um, it's a pretty game. It's a platformer. Yeah, it's 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 not my cup of tea really. It's probably not something I'll get. But um it it definitely looks good and it feels a, a niche for them. because uh, they don't really have anything else there that's um or, or anything that's directly um aimed at children really on, on the age slate. No, no of course not. So it it appeals to adults and children alike. 
if you are into like a co couch co-op. I think that's what it's going for. It's got couch co-op, so everybody wins if you download uh -huh. it, and I think it was quite cheap. So The other thing that they announced was additions to EA Origin Access, um, basically a subscription service where all the new games are released onto it, and you can download them for free if you're paying the subscription price, which is cool, um, but it's just EA games. That's only on Xbox, isn't it? On PC. It's on PC as well, which I found out. Um, subsequently, installing Dragon Age Inquisition, because uh, I love that game, being an EA game. It's got certain titles which are available for the access program, but it's not worth the price you're going to be paying for them unless you're like a diehard Need for Speed or Battlefield fan. So, yeah. And I suppose there's the latest sports ones on there as well, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So I think yeah. from what they said is, I don't know if it's every EA game coming out. It's going to be on there at launch, but good for them. If you want to subscribe to it, there's just another subscription that you've got on top of everything else. Um, <laughs> new IPs-wise, I think they really only announced two. Um, one was Command and Conquer Rivals. There was a really awkward moment where they brought two guys out onto the stage with mobile phones in their hands and they had this lengthy 10 minute mobile phone game battle which was a big waste of time in my opinion but yeah come on and back from when i was at university in 1996 and we had two pcs back to back on like a a, a land battle um playing command and conquer and, and doom as well um that just that Command & Conquer was one of those games, uh, along with, with Dune as well, that uh, I absolutely loved. And um, to see it reduced to that is just gutting. Yeah, absolutely gutting. I think, especially um, if you have those fond memories, I remember playing Red Alert when I was a kid. Um, and it was the best experience. That and Age of Empires 2 were like my life when I was a child. But I don't play mobile games. I get a lot of people do. Uh, especially in sort of like the eastern part of the world. Uh, the Asian countries yeah. is very, very popular. So they were going to make a lot of money, but not from me on that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, though. It's, it's, not, it's not a Western game, really. No, not at all. But the other IP that they announced was a game of called Sea of Solitude, which looked pretty cool. Uh, they brought on the, uh, the studio lead, uh, from the game and basically explained that it's a tale of loneliness so you play as a girl called Kay who transforms into a sea monster due to the fact that she's lonely it had a very sort of cell shady uh, art style it kind of reminded me of the Prince of Persia game that they bought out on the PS3 and the Xbox 360 when it first came out yeah I, I think this could be interesting because I think it's going to explore some psychological issues and, and things that are going on for this girl in her head. Mm. So, um, yeah, it could be interesting. Yeah. Keep an eye on it, I, I don't want to say it's current, but sort of mental illness is very sort of prominent in the media. Uh, there was a game, uh, Hellblade, that came out last year, which tackled it really well. I think yeah. it won a BAFTA as well. Um, so going down that narrative that people can relate to, it's probably a sensible idea. As long as they tackle it in a sensitive manner, then I'm all for that. Yeah, that's, that's good, yeah. yeah. And 
it, it's not something that people generally have spoken about much in, in gaming. So, you know, uh, and, and as big, tough, hard gamers, we, uh, we, we don't, we don't talk about things much, do we? So no. could be good. Could be good emotion, for emotions in games are cool. Um, talking about emotions yeah. for me, the major thing that they showed off, we knew it was coming. We know when it's coming out is Anthem. Big plus for me when they showed that. I was I was giddy. Like I say, I was giddy when I saw that. <laughs> Haven't they said something about free DLC? I, I don't know if they did announce just today. I, th- I think it was just today they've announced that um, year one DLC is free. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Well, on that is... news, I'm even more giddier, if you can get giddier. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, so it makes it a, a day one buy for me. Oh, definitely, 100%. Especially with the release window, a lot of games are coming out on the same day, let alone the same month. But a bit of a background knowledge for the, the listeners. Um, Daniel and I have met quite a few gamers uh, over the past couple of years, especially in this generation with the PlayStation 4, through co-op games uh massive multiplayer online games that sort of thing so for me personally i didn't get along with destiny when it first came out but daniel did um but a lot of friendships were made through that game um even though i quit within the first month of destiny one and i think it was seven or eight days after playing destiny two but friendships were formed so i think anthem is going to do the same thing in that sense if it brings a community together, then happy days. Uh, just thinking it looks brilliant. Um, the whole uh, DLC being free for year one, um, a lot like The Division 2, that makes it, it something that I'm going to be into straight away. Yeah, I think from what the trailer showed, uh, the gameplay was in-depth, but it didn't really give a lot about the story. Um, the fly mechanics look really cool, very Iron Man-esque. Um, and the way that they kind of navigated through the waterfall graphically, it yeah. looks incredible. Is it going to be like a traditional Bioware game? Probably not in the sense of dialogue. Uh, obviously, they've announced that you're not going to have romances, but it, romances don't make sense in that game. It's not Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, but it looks like it's going to play really well. Yeah, I, um, I hope there's still the Bioware storytelling in there. But um, not necessarily presented through the same way through dialogue and, and things like that. Yeah, I think it depends on how quests are given to you. There's probably going to be uh, not necessarily a hub world, but probably somewhere where you pick up quests from a guy with one eye and a patch and one leg going, or can you go do this for me? There might be dialogue, op- di- dialogue options, but we'll wait and see on that one, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Definitely a day one buy for us, so that's cool. Um, next, guys, to step up to the plate were Microsoft. Um, Microsoft usually start the E3 uh, press conferences, but it's, they kind of switch roles with EA now. But they showed a lot of content. They showed a lot of games. Did they show a lot of games that were theirs? Eh, not really, but they showed a lot of games, so that was cool. Yeah, um, but also, did they show a lot of games that they're going to be able to actually show proper gameplay of in the near future? Um, like, 
Hongo was one of the first ones, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you you know, I know, I know you. You're a PlayStation house, um, but we've got a house with a, a Switch, Xbox, and PS4. Mm. Um, I I was looking at that, thinking that Halo looks fantastic. It's going to be amazing, and then they didn't show any gameplay, and I kind of thought, well, hang on, how far off is this? And then they started to talk about, you know, cross generational. So really, this is this is much like. Um, Skyrim and things like this, it's, it's going to be a way off. Potentially, um, yeah. Yeah. I think the issue for me, like, they had to kind of, like, kick the doors down at the beginning and go, yeah, we got Halo, what have you got? But I think there's two issues that I had. It was a CGI trailer. It's 2018. We don't want to see pretty graphics in the CGI trailer because we know for a fact that two years down the line, that game isn't going to look like that. It's going to be completely different, and we ain't stupid. And the title, it's not Halo 6. It's Halo Infinite. Does that mean the branching off? Yes, we saw Master Chief at the end of the trailer, but is this a, a, a sequel to Guardians, or is it something completely different? We don't know. They didn't tell us. So I think the feeling is it may be something completely different. I think we're probably going to get something multiplayer, and... Um, open world kind of mm. I, I'm thinking more like destiny than anything potentially is that yeah 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 it could be I suppose with destiny being unpopularly popular um the studio might have gone down that route but like you said that might be two years down the line uh, we'll, we'll see um the, they I haven't written down this in order because the amount of games that they threw at us um but the next game, or one of the games that they announced, is The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Um, which is great, because it's out soon. They said it was out on June the 26th. Uh, basically, it's Don't Nod's new game, uh, which is set in the Life is Strange universe. I don't know how it's connected to the first two games. Um, not that Life is Strange 2 is out yet, but the, uh, the first one and the Before the Storm came out. Did you play Life is Strange? That's a good question. Uh, yes, I did, yes. Uh, and I didn't play it for a huge amount of time because it just didn't click with me. But um, I know you did. You you enjoyed it, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, it's a format that works for a lot of people. Uh, obviously, the Telltale games, uh, if you go way back in time uh, to the Amiga 500 days, a lot of people uh, enjoyed... Um, I completely forgot the name of that game now. Um, the pirate game. Help me. Help me out. Oh, Monkey Island. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Those sort of games. Um, point and click adventures don't really exist anymore, uh, but they've kind of gone down this, uh, you're kind of playing a movie and you make choices and those choices affect everything. And the Life of Strange is cool. So the fact that that's coming out on June the 26th and it's free is a blowness. So anybody who hasn't played Life is Strange, jump into this one. You might enjoy it. I think you can pick Life is Strange up as a physical copy for like £10 now, so go for that. Um, next thing they announced was Battletoads, but they didn't announce it. They just said, we've got a new Battletoads, this is the logo. And the crowd kind of went, Ooh. It's Yeah, it's another no content, isn't it? And um, 
you kind of think, well, Battletoads is very light, it's obviously extremely difficult, um, and uh, it's, uh, I'm imagining, uh, because Battletoads difficulty is legendary, um, I'm imagining kind of Souls-like or, or Soulsborne-like um, beat-em-up sort of thing. I think if From Software came out and said last year, Microsoft said we got Battletoads, it's by us, prepare to die in Toad form, I'd be like, woo, yeah, yeah, sign me up, I'll be up for that, that'd be amazing. I want to, I want to be a Toad. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to die loads because I remember the uh, the one on the SNES, and that game was super hard. Yeah, there were there were ghouls and ghosts hard, you know, ghosts and goblins hard, yeah. Yeah. Um, talking of hard, uh, they also announced Cuphead DLC. That game is notoriously hard. I haven't personally played it, but I've seen a few people play it on live plays. Uh, they announced DLC for that, so if you're a Cuphead fan, go check that one out. But the biggest joke... I played the first and... level about 15 times. Oh, really? Um, and yeah, it is hard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. If you like a challenge and you like breaking controllers, then you know where to go. The biggest joke of the Microsoft conference for me is a long-running joke, and that is Crackdown 3. That game oh, got announced, just, I'm sure, like, when I was 10. And that's a long time ago. I searched for something online. Um, I searched for something online, and it came up, oh, Crackdown 3, which will be out this spring, and I thought, no, no, it won't. <laughs> no, yeah. no. It, I think um, the multiple delays is kind of a testament to how badly Microsoft had handed this franchise. Like, Crackdown 1, I had it on the Xbox 360. It was cool. It was kind of, we're trying to be Saints Row, but we're kind of not shooting innocent people kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I'm for that. Crackdown 2 came out, and I, I pass it. I didn't see any point. It, was, it wasn't relevant or current at the time. And then they announced Crackdown 3, 2013, maybe? Um, and yeah, I was kind of so, like, yeah. oh. Why, why were they doing a third one? What else have they got? But it transpires that Microsoft don't have a lot else. Hey, hey, they've got Terry <laughs> Crews. Oh, how could I forget? What the else le- do you need? The legend that is Terry Crews. And I think that was the problem with the game is they announced it, they delayed it, they kind of said, oh, we've got Terry Crews on board now, but we have to go back to the drawing board and put him as the main character. Is that the reason why it's delayed? Maybe, but the trailer was cool. I don't think I'll be able to put up with Terry Crews flexing his pecs for like 30 hours in an open world environment, but we'll see what happens with that one, I guess. I'd rather watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Or you could just do that. That also works. But I think they said that it's slated to come out in February 2019. So if that happens or not, fair play Microsoft, you're not going to sell many copies of it because in February, every other good game comes out on different consoles anyway. So good for them. Um, Devil May Cry 5 was announced and I was super psyched to see that trailer. Did you see the trailer? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, beards are in. Uh, <laughs> they're bringing the beards back. Uh, white hair. Yeah. He still looks... Like, e- kind of emo like the last one, but closer to Dante from the originals because he's got the white hair. I suppose they're kind yeah. of sticking with that theme, but... Like he's growing into him. In a way. Yeah, I guess so. 
I think what I took from that trailer, there was the female character in that trailer and her motion capture looked incredibly realistic. Not her character, yeah. the graphics-wise, but the way she moved. If that was in-game, then, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for that. It looked really cool. And to some extent, I'd rather have good motion and maybe a cartoony style because um, you, you don't fall into the sort of uncanny valley then where you're, where you're looking and thinking, this isn't real. Yeah. Your brain goes, well, this is, this is cartoon. I, I get that. But, you know, it, it looks realistic from the movement, you know. Yeah, and I think testament to those sort of games, it's going to be a solid 60 frames per second. It's an action game. They might implement new... Um, mechanics into it the games are quite hard the original ones but it's a good hack and slash game so good old capcom it looks like their engine uh the, gra- the new graphics engine is working i'm not too sure if it's the same engine as the resident evil games but it looks pretty so yeah definitely do um what, what else did microsoft have uh they announced two games which we knew about but there are actually on different press conferences so we'll we'll skip those ones um a big surprise for me i knew it was probably going to happen at some point but is they announced dying light 2 yeah i didn't think microsoft would be announcing that i kind of thought um because i mean there's been quite a a history between the developers and sony i thought Mm. um so but maybe they've uh, sort of swayed them over there they swayed a few developers didn't they to to join them yeah i think the problem with the microsoft conference in comparison with the sony conference is sony shut a lot of people out in the sense of the like we got four massive games we're going to show those games we don't really need to show anything else but microsoft needed to invest consumers in the product they weren't announcing any new hardware because the xbox one x just came out a lot of people are kind of thinking, I've just shelled out 450 quid or whatever it is in dollars, $500 for this doorstop that plays games that I've had from launch day. It may might play them in 4K, might play them a little bit better, but these games aren't new. They're not games that are coming out that are current. I'm still playing The Witcher 3 or Gears of War. That came out when the when the yeah. console first came out. So they needed people on their side to say, "We've got loads of content." Um, I think the dilemma of the way that they were pre- announcing the games is were world exclusive or content exclusive. It wasn't necessarily saying that this is on Xbox only because they didn't have that because they can't because they don't have the games. But. Yeah, they're most of the time exclusive nowadays. Yeah, um, unless it's first party. Um, let's be fair on Xbox, though, the Minecraft does look amazing. <laughs> Minecraft so, in 4K, yeah. um, 144 frames uh, a second. With lovely filtering on the clouds. Well, this is it, this is it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dying Light 2, uh, it's set, I have a feeling, 15 years, 10 or 15 years, they said, in the future than the first one. Um, first one ended pretty much as badly as any game can end. Not bad as in terrible but shit hits the fan everything goes wrong there's still zombies but from the looks of this one the game mechanics have matured slightly so the zombies don't seem that active in the day but they are so in dark environments or in the night time 
and they've brought on a uh, a new creative director i think they said um to add more rpg elements and storyline to the game so you make choices and those choices have an impact on the world which is pretty cool for that sort of game yeah yeah i, li- I like that it looked good um and i'll look forward to checking it out yeah it'd be interesting to see how it develops um they also announced forza horizon 4 um these games sell massively for microsoft uh they jump between the horizon and the forza motorsports uh this one's set in the uk it's pretty cool um but all they really talked about is the fact that seasons change the game so if it's winter the roads are slippery go figure um if it's autumn yeah. there might be leaves on the ground so it's going to be slippy um if there's any international okay. listeners the roads in the uk are awful if they have potholes it's realistic if they don't forget about it it, it did look beautiful but i imagine they'll leave the potholes out yeah <laughs> that's just terrible development but yeah we'll see forza always sells really well it's probably a console seller for them because people like pretty racing games so all for them um gears of war was announced in many different forms so i didn't know if it was a joke at first but they announced gears of war pop which i didn't know is if it, it was pop a... tactics or was it all together like... no there was there was many like, the pop one i think was a mobile game um based on the ever so popular franchise of pop toys which have the weird demonic eyes that just stare at you if you have one from the corner of the room um that's cool if people collect them people are probably can play that game and a lot of people collect them figures for me it's not for me because i like realistic figures if i buy figures but yeah um it's, it's not for me either but um my son collects pop figures but he only collects overwatch pop figures so, so he's uh, out i on can't see one. this yeah, I I'm not aware that the the pop figures for Gears of War are particularly um, popular in themselves. Um, you, you don't, they're not ones that you tend to see at the uh, comic cons and stuff like that. No, so I think with the age I of the game, of... maybe when they first came out and people were like, oh, these are new and you can get gamer ones. But but yeah, I don't see the appeal. But they also announced Gears of War Tactics, um, which I think is a PC only title. Um, I have no interest in that game whatsoever. But they did announce a new Gears of War title, and they showed quite a pretty trailer for it. So uh, this one, you play as Kate Diaz. Um, Basically, it's an origin story. In the trailer, you kind of see that she's being barked orders at, and there's a family tragedy, so she has to backtrace and go and find out what's happening. They did show a bit of gameplay, though, which I was surprised about. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed it's good. I've liked uh, all the games I've played. Uh, one, two, three. Uh, I haven't played four yet. But um, yeah, they're, they're really good. So. Yeah, if anything to uh, myself. Not really that much to say, yeah. No, it, <laughs> it looks similar to every other Gears of War. It's pretty. It will probably sell stuff for people. Um, the other stuff that they announced was Jump Force basically a new dragon ball z fighter but with uh a 
other characters introduced, like those Death Note characters, One Piece Pirate, that sort of thing. I don't care for those series, but I know a lot of people, especially the Japanese community, are going to absolutely love that game. So go for it for that one. Yeah, it's on uh, Death Note and things like that on Netflix, but I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet, so it might be something to uh, to see if I'm interested in it and then see whether the game seems interesting. But it's one I'll wait for the reviews and see what, what happens with it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, Just Cause 4 was announced. Um, It looks pretty much the same as the last one. Crazy, wacky, massive explosions... But I know a lot of people are sort of highly invested in the Just Cause series. They don't review very well, but they seem to sell very well. So I think that's testament to the series so far. More vehicles, bigger explosions, the, the trailer themed. Yeah, pretty much. Blow stuff Which is probably up. what you want. Everybody likes. Everybody likes blowing stuff up whilst you're windsurfing on a helicopter. So go them. All for that one. Um, the first trailer we saw for kingdom hearts 3 i think every pre every conference showed a kingdom hearts trailer not only the fact that square enix had a conference themselves but microsoft showed it square enix showed it sony showed it nintendo didn't because the switch can't handle anything so nintendo didn't bother but this one was more frozen so if you've got a son or daughter who likes to sing Let It Go, then you're probably going to buy that game. Ah, and you do. So. They do. I have two daughters, <laughs> and they are going to absolutely love that game. I showed them the trailer, um, and yeah, they absolutely lost their mind. And they're like, oh my god, it's frozen. I was like, yes, yes it is. Just let it go. Just let it go. Yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, next up is Metro Exodus, and I'm not too sure what I feel about this. From the first reveal at E3 last year, I know it was a very staged in-game, doing air quotes, uh, CGI in-game trailer. It looked amazing. The trailer that they showed was all gameplay. I think they stated it's like in-engine in in, in -game footage, but it looked like they were actually playing the game. It's really good looking, but it didn't look as good as it did the first time. No, there were a few things that dropped from the uh, the technology. So um, previously they showed uh, something that no other game's doing, and um, they showed coloured reflections, which mm. um, which is which is really hard to do. Um, so if there was like uh, glass, um, uh, sorry, I meant coloured shadows. So if there's glass and light is passing through that glass and casting a shadow, um, the the colour from that glass would be reflected in the shadow. Um, and it's it's incredibly hard to do, and it was dropped from the uh, trailer that came out. So I think what we're seeing now is a more realistic view of, of what the game will probably look like. Um, whether... Oh, we'll have to see when it comes out. The, the originals had some real technological jumps for their time, um, and I, I really got into them. I know, I know you weren't super keen. I think um, the problem for me is I didn't play them when they first came out. I picked up the uh, the definitive edition, the remastered for the PS4, and the game right. now is super dated. There's a lot of cool mechanics in there, but it felt to me like I was going back after playing Half-Life 2, playing Half-Life 1, if you get what I mean. It's that sort of 
generation jump where you're kind of like, this game's really cool. It's got a lot going for it, but it doesn't look very great. And it, and it feels kind of clunky now as well, yeah. Yeah. Like, I get like, the mechanic where you're wiping your visor because you can't see, but the enemy encounters just seem to force to me, but I'm all for trying the new one, especially if they're making graphical improvements, AI improvements, the way the environment works. Throw it at me. It's going to be awesome. And we need a decent new first-person shooter which is doing different stuff, so... I'm happy to see that come yeah. out when it does. Uh, next thing is they announce a sequel to uh, the Ori game. This one's Ori and the Will and the Wisps. Super popular indie game. Haven't played it. I don't think I will play I it. But I've heard a lot of people um, chat about it and say this is what they wanted in the sequel. So if you're up for that, then go for that. Yeah. Uh, PUBG DLC was announced. Everybody plays Fortnite, so forget about PUBG. Um, and Sea of Thieves DLC <laughs> was also announced, and that was the biggest flop in Microsoft history. Um, I know people still play it. I think the problem with Sea of Thieves is the community, the invested money, want to stay invested. A bit like Destiny, in a sense. But Yeah, very much so, yeah. I think... You've got certain mentality of people if they've forfeited 40 bucks, 40 pounds, 60 bucks, then they're going to hold on to that like 40 pounds for as long as they can. Whereas some people are like, well, fool me once, shame on me. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to make the mistake, move on. But if it works out for them, then happy days. Um, but yeah, they didn't have a lot of content at the beginning. I don't think... The environment that we have with the amount of games that come out on a regular basis, you have to draw your crowd in straight away. And you can't kind of slap them in the face and say, uh, we'll make improvements later on, just stick with us. So, Yeah, you've got to give them something to come back for. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, one major announcement which I was highly disappointed about, and then I don't think my opinions or my feelings have changed so quickly within like a space of a second. So last year from software teased a new game. Everybody was going to say it was either Tenchu or Bloodborne 2. As soon as they showed the from software logo, I kind of wet my pants thinking, Oh, Bloodborne 2. And then I thought, wait a minute, we're watching the Xbox conference. So it can't be, yeah. but they announce, uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, which is basically from the trailer that we got. Not Tenshu, similar sort of environment. Bloodborne, Dark Siles, bit faster. You've got a grappling hook. Incredibly beautifully graphic-wise. Gameplay look fast, fluid. I can't wait for that game to come out. Absolutely can't wait. Um, uh, and is it a timed exclusive, or is it just... It's they, they neither. It is on all platforms. So... Oh, good news for you. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely love From Software Games. So, yeah. I'm not too sure how you feel about those sort of games, Dan, but they're all for me. Um, I I think From Software did a fantastic job with the look and feel of Bloodborne. Um, I I just can't get into it. I just... I just can't uh, do it. it it's, it's too difficult for me. I get too frustrated. I get upset and I can't play it anymore. <laughs> it's not good. 
Because if you cry, crying for your controller, it's never a good look. <laughs> Behind closed doors. <laughs> um, they announced a few things for game Xbox Game Pass. New games coming out. Big work. If you've got that, happy days. You can get Fallout 4, Elder Scrolls Online, and Division, which all are less than £5 in your local CEX. So if you want to pay a monthly yeah. fee for it and not have it physically, go for it. You'll probably save money buying it as a physical copy, so go for that one. But the major thing that they showed was at the end of the conference, and this is CD, CD Projekt Red's new game, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, um, it was it was a great trailer. I really enjoyed it. Um, if it was a film, I'd be saying I, I will go and watch that at the cinema. Mm. Um, I want to see gameplay, the proper gameplay. I know that was in engine, but I want to see proper gameplay. It, I, if they say it's an RPG and it's a shooter, mm. well, what, what's our frame of reference for an RPG shooter? Well, sort of Destiny 1, definitely not Destiny 2. <laughs> um, what, um, I, I can't think of another RPG shooter so that's worked. The only one that's come to mind is probably the DayX, Deus Ex series. Um, they did did well in the first iteration yeah. of the PC, PC days, the original PC days, where you don't have to update your graphics card every two minutes. Um, and they brought out the new ones on the PS3 and the PS4, and they did all right. So under that basis, I can see how it works. I think the problem with some of the games that they announced at different conferences is they showed off a fancy trailer, but they had like a closed door thing for the press, but not the public. So it's kind of like, You've got, and I think the cyberpunk one was an hour, so people would get up early in the morning uh, on the Tuesday after all the conferences were done, and they would sit there, and they saw an hour of gameplay. And I think every single one of those uh, journalists came out saying, wow, this could change the industry, but we're not allowed to see it yet, which is really unfair. It's. It, I, I just find that really strange. I mean, you they, they want to get the journalists on board. They want to get the journalists buzzing about it. But then equally, the journalists can't say anything about what they've actually seen. No. All they can say is, we like it. Um, so why not wait? Why not actually just wait until you can show everyone? Of course, yeah. And I think from what they said was a lot of people were kind of upset, especially coming off the back of The Witcher 3 being such an in-depth, RPG with really good mechanics, even the side quests were really in-depth, was the fact that this is going to be a first-person shooter. And I kind of sort of thought to myself, like, in an RPG, especially if you can make your character, is I want to invest a lot of time in making a character. But for it just to be a first-person shooter, is that really going to work, customization-wise? I have every faith in them that it's going to work, but I need to see it. I need to see it working before I invest any um, further sort of thoughts on it, really. Well, I don't mind it being first person, but it, you start to question, okay, how are we going to connect to this character? How, we, how is it going to be our character if, if you can't see the character? Yeah. If it's dialogue and the camera pans out or I'm assuming it's going to be third person driving but graphically you usually have these set in the future worlds um, Blade Runner style if you're going to make a comparison that 
it's dark, it's raining, everybody's depressed, that sort of thing. But a lot this... of people, it did look lighter, didn't it? It did. And a lot of people were upset that there's not rain and darkness. You're like, well, they're trying to do something different, give them some credit for that, you know. And, and if you're going to play in this world, do you want it to be night all the time? All the time, I know. I think the thing that popped for me from the trailer was sort of like, oh, it is vibrant, it is... There's a lot going on. There's yeah. a lot of things in the trailers which look nitty, gritty, quite dark in the sense. But at the same time, it's a world that I want to invest in and I want to see more of, but they wouldn't let me see more. So it's just like, really, just show me more. Yeah, I want to know why that guy on the plane, his eyes were burning out or something like that. There's, did you see that? The guy's head yeah. exploding. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. I think right. the one thing I took away from the trailer was... I think it was an android driving a taxi and there was some really weird blokes sat in the back and I was kind of like, oh, there's there's loads of different characters, so I'm guessing the world's going to be quite vibrant. Apparently there's three or four districts, so map size is also another thing because The Witcher 3 was massive. It was quite intimidating because it was that big, but there was a lot to do in the sense of side quests and mini games and that sort of thing. So I have every faith. Yeah. Uh, in the development team, they made pretty much the game of the year when it came out with The Witcher 3, so hopefully next E3 probably we'll see some more, but we shall see. If I have to get in a taxi there and a guy turns around to me and says, hey man, I got five kids to feed, <laughs> you'll be like, no, 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 we're not doing Total Recall. No, yeah. You're not allowed to rip stuff off directly. Arnold Schwarzenegger turns up with his bulging eyes, then yeah. But it's not set yeah. on Mars, so we might not have that. Um, Next up was Bethesda. Um, the problem with this E3 th is everything got leaked before, ironically enough, by Walmart in Canada, of all people. They're just kind of like, eh, we'll just let everybody know what's coming out. We didn't care. We just want our pre-orders <laughs> before anybody knows that these games even exist. So the conference started off with Andrew WK, of all people, doing some weird rock and roll set. Like, I was all for Andrew WK when I was well, 14. When everybody wanted to party hard. Him. Yeah, everybody wanted to party hard with Andrew WK, but in fairness to him, he looks exactly the same as he did 15 years ago. But why? Why bring him out? I think the crowd wow. looked really bored, apart from two Japanese people. Like, it's the first time they'd left the house in a long time, and they were like, Woo! Everybody else is like, what? What's going on? Is he doing the soundtrack for Rage or something? I, I, I don't know. Think that was the case because he did the the song for the trailer, which was a different song that he performed. So whether it's he's doing the score, so yeah, that okay. could be quite hilarious. <laughs> it's got the right feel. So he was introducing Rage Two. Um, obviously Rage hasn't been a talking point for a long time. Um, it's safe to say the first Rage game I loved on the PS3. I got the Platinum Trophy for it. I don't think many people did, but I did. Um, it was short, it was sweet. It was trying to be open world, but it was kind of sending you down a linear path. It was the Doom 3 of the next generation at the time with a Mad Max twist. And from what they stated, the Avalanche Studios, who made the Mad Max game, um, are in on this with id Software, 
I used to call it ID software, but apparently it's id software. Um, so basically, Mad Max mixed with Doom. How cool! That sounds amazing to me. That sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, I hope, I hope that carries on. Apparently, it's um, is it purely single player? I think it is. Yes, I think from what they said, massive open world, um, set in an ap- apocalyptic world, but post-apocalyptic. So there's going to be trees, jungles, still loads of dust and sand, but I think it's a pure first-person shooter, single-player, going to be 30 hours, done, dusted, move-on sort of game. You're going to have fun with it. Um, that's fine. I don't want every game multiplayer. I want I want to, now and then, I just want to, you know, be on my own and get on with it and have, have some fun on my own. Yeah, and I think the th- good thing about that's Bethesda it. is... They tailor for that sort of game. Um, on the subject of Doom, they announced announced they announced a new Doom game, Doom Eternal. They didn't really have many details apart from a fancy trailer. From the looks of things, you're on Earth now, um, yeah. and the whole world's gone to pot essentially. But Doom is amazing, so it was kind of a running thing, though, wasn't it? So we had uh, Halo Infinite, Doom Eternal. Um, ah, oh, there were some others, weren't there, with um, names after them. I can't remember. But they didn't announce a new Duke Nukem Forever, so we were safe on that one. Because that was the worst game yes. ever made. Yeah. Oh, no. What, what if it's a curse when you put Forever or Infinite or Eternal after you, your game it ends up crap? Bioshock, Bioshock had Infinite, and that was all right. A lot of people love that game. Personally, I absolutely hated Bioshock Infinite because it was too pretty, but a lot of people like that game, so it might be a one-off, but you never know. It, but... was, it was the last of the Bioshocks, so maybe this is the last of the Dooms and the last of the Halos. Oh, right. Is that the prediction? That's the future prediction. Any game that hasn't got a two has got or has a name after it is destined to fail, so watch the no, space. a name... A name that means forever, like okay. so it links to Duke Nukem. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Don't use yeah any title like that after your game because it's destined to fail. Dan has predicted it. Um, that's why Fallout seventy six will be alright because it's not infinite. It's not Fallout. It's not Fallout always or something like that. <laughs> Give it time. There's always time for them to change it. So Prey <laughs> DLC was announced. Um, basically, they announced a. Uh, DLC mode set on the moon. Um, it's kind of like a procedurally generated environment where every time you run the scenario, it changes. Um, I got Prey when it came out, and I found it really dull. I don't, I don't know why. A lot of people kind of said, no, just stick with it, just stick with it. And I was just kind of like, I can't invest time in this game. The first two hours just didn't grip me, and I was just kind of like, well, I'll play it in five years maybe. Yeah, I played the demo, and I thought, if you can't grab me in the demo, then I'm not going to buy the game. No. So, a lot of people play Prey, a lot of people liked it, get the DLC, have fun with it. But a game that has gripped me, and has gripped me on many occasions, is the Wolfenstein series, and they announced a successor (laughs) to the new Colossus. So, they've dubbed it Wolfenstein Youngblood, and this time it's set in the 1980s, but you play... As uh, DJ Black Squits, I always get his name wrong. Um, his, I don't know if they were twins, 
Um, but I it's think still, they would, yeah. Yeah, it would make sense for them to be um, twins. Save money on the, oh, you know, just just make the same one twice. Um, but is it is it a co-op game? Do you think? Yeah, from from I think they I think they actually announced that that you play as Jessica and Sophia, um, the daughters of the main character of uh, Wolfenstein, uh, the, the 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 previous ones. Um, but for the first time, it's going to be co-op, and I think as soon as they announced it's going to be co-op, the crowd went mental. Um, I absolutely love the first Wolfenstein game that came out on the PS4. Um, also got the platinum trophy for that one. Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, really wasn't as good as I expected it. Story-wise, was really good. They told a really good story, but the gunplay, they didn't change anything. It was more of the same, and I was kind of like, I've done this before, I just want a little bit more. So the environment mm -hmm. seemed quite bland, which was a shame, really. And for those tr trophy hunters out there, it has the hardest trophy ever in any game. It's got the hardest trophy. So if you've got the platinum for that, then fair play to you. You're crazy. But yeah, I kind of gave up after finding that out as well. Ah, and they've, they've, they've got a naming convention here, haven't they? Because it was the, uh, the New Order, the Old Blood, the New Colossus, and now the Young Blood. No. So what's the next one going to be? The new Goliath, maybe. That's my prediction. Yeah. That's my prediction. New Goliath. The one after this on PS Five, Switch Two. I predicted that as well. It's going to be Switch Two as well. <laughs> so the next thing that they announced, which we already knew about, was Fallout Seventy Six. Yeah. Um, right, so Ark is an open world survival game where you go about and you build stuff and you tame um, dinosaurs. Um, and Fallout 76 will be an open world survival game where you go around and you build stuff and you look for nuclear launch codes and possibly reach a stalemate. I, I wasn't sure. Is there a story going on in it? Um, From what they said, there isn't any NPCs, so whether you get given quests by something, I'm not too sure, or whether it's just a case of you're the first survivors who've left the vault, make it up as you go along, which, yeah, fall out with friends, I'm all for that, as long as there's stuff to do. I think the problem I had with Fallout 4, um, and we both got the platinum for that one, didn't we, so, was... Yep. Once I had completed the main storyline, I had no reason to play it. I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to play the DLC. It was enough for me. It was short, in a, 60 hours short, but it was short and sweet. But there was nothing drawing me back. But I think what Fallout 76 might have, being with the online component, is you'll play it for a month, you'll probably play something else, and you can come back to it, and it will have that draw. If you're not invested in it long term, there's nothing stopping you coming back and maybe building a new base or finding a new camp or that sort of thing. So, just jumping in with friends now and then. Yeah, yeah. But like yeah. how Destiny is for people, like you don't necessarily have to play it religiously, but it's cool to jump back in now and again if something drops or somebody finds something new or that sort of stuff. So, 
is it the fallout mm-hmm. that we wanted? Probably not. But only time will tell if it's going to be successful. We shall, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, other things that Bethesda announced was Starfield, um, basically Skyrim in space, but they pretty much said that that's a next-gen title, so we're not going to see that anytime soon. But they did say it's in development, um, but they think they mentioned that it's playable to a certain extent. But what does that mean? Could be like Star Citizen, it's just never coming out. Yeah. Um, I... I would just really like it if they renamed it Garfield and had Garfield traveling in space. That'd be that'd be really cool. I I, I'd say. like to be a ginger cat flying a spaceship. If they can do it with a fox on on Nintendo, why not? Why not a cat? Yeah, coughing up fur balls instead of like firing lasers in space. Yeah, that could yeah. be the tagline: Garfield, Garfield, like fur balls in space. Just, just reminds me of Spaceballs now. The uh, oh, God. John John Candy's character is uh, Chewbacca, like the weird dog thing. So yeah, so might be good, but we're never going to see it. Well, not anytime soon. Um, they also announced uh, Quake Champions. Basically Quake mixed with Overwatch because you get to pick heroes, which I've... Mate, I enjoyed playing Quake Arena and Unreal Tournament. So, yeah. if it comes out on consoles, it could be a winner. But I know for esports and PC players, a lot of people are going to invest in time in that. And I have a feeling it's free to play. I could be wrong, but I know they had a free trial. Um, if it's still on, I might check it out see if it's any good. But yeah, I think um, if. If if they brought this to to console, that would be that would be really really good because there are a lot of people out there who who would get involved, get into it, and you know maybe take part in the esports. But as soon as you take a PC game that's esports and start putting it onto console, you've got problems with um, auto aims and hacks and stuff like that. I don't know if you know. Have you seen um, about people plugging in controllers on the PC version of Overwatch? No, no. I've heard that people have been plugging. Uh, keyboards in the PS4 version of Fortnite and kicking people's bums, but I would assume it would be the similar yeah. sort of thing for Overwatch on the PC yeah. with a controller, yeah. Yeah, as soon as you plug a controller in, it enables auto-aim. Yeah. So um, they they plug in the controller and then um, carry on playing on PC keyboard and mouse, but with auto-aim adjusting their, their targeting. Um, yeah. Cheeky. So... Um, they're quicker and they uh, they get the kills very easily. But if yeah. you're gonna find a way to like hack the system, you're gonna do it. So it's never gonna change. Yeah. The yeah, that's true. only other thing really, um, apart from the fact that they announced that Fallout Shelter, which we mentioned earlier, is on the PS4 and Switch. If you haven't played that mm-hmm. game yet and you've got a PS4 or a Switch, go check it out. It's a complete time soak. But it's good in the sense that everything takes uh, a certain period of time to do. So when you switch on your console, load it up, spend five minutes on it, come back after you've finished the playing the game that you actually want to and you can progress from there. That's kind of the way that I'm dealing with that game. How about you? I, I was pleasantly surprised with, yeah, playing the same way, but I was, I was really pleased that the controls were very slick, very smooth. Hmm. Um, 
because I was I, I played it on on mobile as well, so I was used to the touch controls. But then switching over to um to the the controller, I thought, hang on, how's this gonna work? But it it just does. It's it's dead easy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I'm gonna not invest a lot of time in the sense of gameplay, but I think over a vast period of time, I'm gonna invest a lot of time that way. Um, from what it seems, it's it's fun. It could be an easy platinum to get because obviously I'm invested in trophies, but it's going to be a very time-consuming one. But like mobile games, you check on it every time you come on. You're like, oh, okay, I put 17 people in the bedroom or the living quarters and they've all had babies. Happy days. I continue like that. So I basically just made a baby-making factory in the Fallout universe. So that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Uh, last thing to mention, Bethesda is... Apart from the fact that they did a kind of a cringe-worthy joke, the fact that they've announced Skyrim on everything, they had a, a weird comedy thing um, with Michael Key, I think his name is, that Skyrim's going to be on the Amazon Dot thing, um, which was a joke, but it's actually not a joke because you can actually get it. So if you want to play Skyrim in the old-school Dungeons & Dragons style of you saying walk there, pick that up, go up that mountain. You can do, which is awesome. But they also made a joke about it being on a Samsung fridge, which would be cool and everything else. But after that, they mentioned um, a new mobile phone game, which is cool if you like mobile games again. Card game, if you like card games, go for that. They did say that Elder Scrolls Six was a thing. But that's all they said. They just said, yeah, next gen... It's going to come after uh, the Starfield game. Don't expect it anytime soon. Stop asking us for it. It's coming just in 20 years after you've played Skyrim on a calculator, basically. And it will probably be set in the north, do you reckon? Have you, have you um, had a look at that trailer and, and thought about it much? They hinted on the location, didn't they? I think the only thing you got from that trailer, apart from the logo, was the grassy sort of area. So it's not been confirmed yet, but I think everything points to that. But as it stands at the moment, they've, they've still got Elder Scrolls Online, which is doing really well, and they keep releasing content yeah. for it. So if you want to do something other than Skyrim, then go to that. But if not, just wait, I guess. I'm pretty certain it's going to be uh, Hammerfell in the north of. Uh, so, so if you move across the map to the uh, the west from Skyrim, you get to a place called Hammerfell, uh, where the Bretons settled. Uh, and also, sorry, got a bit of brain for lore on on Skyrim. Um, Skyrim. And, and also, though, yeah, <laughs> there's um, the uh, the Red Guards. Um, they travelled to that area. Um, in exile from their home, so they might maybe this, and, and they they had this whole conflict with the Elder Mary Dominion, the elves. Um, so it's probably going to be sort of set around uh, racial tensions and things like that going on, um, which would be a, a great story and quite fitting for the times that we live in nowadays. Yeah, of course, if they can bring it into obviously modern times with those sort of the views, obviously. Racial tension is a massive thing in the world, obviously with the Black Lives Matter movement and all that sort of thing. Investing that too much in a game could probably be a detriment, but they have to make things current, as you say. 
it wouldn't even surprise me that if obviously the new area is attached to Skyrim that not as DLC, but if the game is as big as they want to make it, is the fact that Skyrim is also attached in the sense of like a yeah, not, not a throwback, but just kind of saying like, oh, this is a Skyrim, but you can actually explore this massive world. So only time will tell, but either way, everybody's eagerly anticipating a new Elder Scrolls. We need that sort of RPG in our lives, but we have to wait for it, but everything good comes to those who wait. Yeah. Next on the agenda is Ubisoft, and in my opinion, Xbox had a lot of games. Microsoft conference was really good because they had a lot of games, but I think Ubisoft had a really good showcase. Um, they came on or in, I should say, because they started off with a massive weird marching band and a bloke dressed up as a panda. They went on for like 10 oh, minutes bizarre. and they announced the new Just Dance game. I don't care about Just Dance, but apparently it makes them a lot of money. It's one of the biggest selling game franchise. If you're ignoring Grand Theft Auto, blah, 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 blah. It sells a lot of copies, so go for it. Or for, um, you've got the Switch now. They're going to put it on Switch. There's going to be fancy controls. It wouldn't surprise me if there's like a virtual reality version on the PlayStation. Um, sorry, we've got baby dinosaur. Hendrix, not me. Yeah. <laughs> Dan has given birth to a dinosaur. That's it's because the new Jurassic Park's coming out. That's what it is. He's so happy for it to come out. It's like, like a velociraptor in the corner. So, yeah, just dance. Nobody wants just dance. Yeah, and like you said, it sells well. Um, if that money supports Ubisoft in making other wonderful games, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like it's like the EA sports franchise. It makes them a lot of money. Let it, let it be. I don't care. If one people want to play it, all for them. Cool, go for it. Um, <laughs> Beyond Good and Evil 2 was there. Again, this game's been in development forever. The... One thing to come out of that, apart from the fact that it was an awesome, pretty CGI trailer, um, was the fact that they've tied in with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, if you don't know who he is, um, from Third Rock from the Sun originally, obviously being in Batman, and he's got his own company now called Hit Record. Um, so the premise of them working with Ubisoft on Beyond Good and Evil 2 is... If you wish to create stuff to be in the game, you can do. Whether that's graffiti art on the walls, music, podcasts like this one to go on the radio stations. What they're going to do is they're going to filter all the best content and put it in the game. But the best thing to come out of it is uh, Joseph basically said, if we pick your stuff for the game, we will compensate you for that. So... I reckon the community, especially the creative community, is going to blow up and there could be some really interesting things in that game. What do you reckon on that one? I, I think it could be amazing, but it's kind of, like you said, development hell. Let's believe it when we see it. You know, it, this could be a, an enormous... It, it, it's almost like, can you imagine if Bungie turned around and went, OK, Destiny, Destiny 2, we've got a great engine. Um, this is a toolkit for you guys to make levels. Um it, it would be huge. It would be absolutely enormous. Um, and, and this has a lot of a lot of scope there. 
whether it works is is another thing. Yeah, I think from the minimal amount of gameplay that we've seen from the game, in game, it looks incredible. The premise is like you're yeah. basically space pirates, and you can travel to different planets, and there's a lot going on. But there's a lot of question marks in my mind of like, how's it going to play? Is it going to come out? Hopefully, with the fact that they've got this company on board and a famous celebrity backing them, it could go really well for them. And maybe that's going to speed up the process. But if they're borrowing assets from the community, that could sort of dictate that it's going to be a couple of years down the line. So when it comes out, we'll see it. But hopefully it'll be good. The... Next game they announced was Trials Rising. If you're into the Trials games, they've recently just released uh, Trials Fusion, I think it was, on the PS Plus lineup. Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I'm you not know. big into those sort of games. I find them quite frustrating, but I know a lot of people enjoy making the maps for them, so that's cool. The big name, though, that... I think a lot of people are excited for, especially me, was the Division Two. They finally oh, yes. showed off the Division Two, <laughs> and boy, was um, I amazingly impressed by what they showed. I mean, it looks a lot like Division One, yes. but um, improved in in all respects, and um, uh, and with better better features better environment you know um it's it set a little bit further on after the the disaster um i i think this is one that i'm i'm definitely going for without a doubt i think i absolutely love the, the first division game the only one thing that disappointed me about the game was the setting as much as everybody's like oh it's set in new york but the problem with the new york setting was you're going down paths in the sense of you're going down the blocks of Manhattan. Um, so you're kind uh -huh. of dictated to go between buildings, whereas the, the Washington DC setting, it's going to be a lot more open. And from the demo that they showed where they've gone by, I think it was, what was a Washington monument there where it was. And yeah. you've got this massive, obviously where the, the river, the lake, the pond, whatever you call it is, um, loads of bushes have overgrown and Air Force One President's plane has kind of crash landed and they use that as cover and those sort of mechanics are going to make that game worth playing if it's more open world than the first one then it's going to be amazing I think Yeah there were a lot of little touches that made me think this, this is going to be cool and it didn't look like it was too pre-production either it looked like this is something they can actually bring to to the table yeah. um the things like dropping the seeker mines and then streaking through the water i thought that that looked brilliant it did look really cool i think the only problem they had with the trailer which they've done on many occasions is they've got these really serious voice actors to pretend to be gamers nobody talks yeah. about that when they're playing you know what i mean like maybe you say like i'll oh, revive me or most people just hand to have day-to-day -day conversations when they're playing over the mic but they've got like these drill sergeants playing these games like oh i'm gonna go behind here and cover blah 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 blah. like they didn't need to do that but yeah. i get why they do it yeah uh, I, i'm moving up on the left can, can you come over and support me on the right yeah. and you, you're kind of like uh this, what, what what would actually be said is uh shit Steve, there's loads of them over here come on yeah. you know, um, i should have got some like uh, american then, british blokes to do the commentary 
Uh, and then you've got Steve running around going like, what do you mean over here? Where are you? And, you know, yeah. yeah. This bloke in the background, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck's sake, Steve's down again. Shall we revive him? Like, nah, I just leave him. Just let him die. He'll revive anyway. He'll be all right. But the, the, one thing, yeah. the one thing that they did mention, which is an absolute groundbreaker, is not only did they mention that they're introducing raids into the game and the fact that they're going to be eight player, which is like epically mm-hmm. awesome. Interesting to see how it works. Um, but they also mentioned that all future DLC is going to be free. And that's just kind of like mind blown. Like if you're going to release a massive multiplayer game that a lot of people are going to invest a lot of time in and then tell them, you know what? You're not actually going to have to pay any money to continue playing. They're going to get a lot of day one sales from that, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do hope those uh, raids have matchmaking, though, because uh, if Destiny's taught me anything, you can do a match-made raid, you know, because yeah. people use LFG to randomly select people. Yeah. You know, it's not. I think the case of the problem that Destiny had was oh, we want you to be with your friends all the time. And you're kind of like, we live in the real world. Like, not everybody does the same thing on a day-to-day basis. Some people work different shifts, blah, blah, blah. Getting a big team together is quite hard at times. And that's why the Destiny community were kind of fractured in the sense of, like, I have to go out of my way to find people to play with, and that sucks. But then in doing that, you meet loads of cool new people. If they set up, like you said, matchmaking with the eight-player raids, and they're just sort of like, go for it, see what see what happens. A lot of people tend not to play with mics, and they're still really good playing together because people understand the mechanics of, I have to help that person, otherwise I've just wasted an hour of my time playing a game and I'm going to have to restart a mission. So, yeah. Yeah. If they introduce matchmaking, uh, yeah, amazing. I think have, having a good gesture system would be good as well. So... um uh, like maybe the the D pad, you can press uh, the directions to uh, to to gesture to your your team to suggest like you might need support or That'd be cool. things like that. Yeah, because I think they had like emotes in a way uh, in the division, but I think it was like you were jumping up and down, doing star claps and stuff like that. Yeah, it was, I it was kind that, of pointless, yeah. really. Um, I'm not too sure if they mentioned anything about a dark zone that they had in the division one, but I think the raids and stuff like that might be a step away from the dark zone because a lot of people found that the dark zone was quite toxic in the case of you'd go in and you'd just get rushed and people would kill you for no reason and it was quite a toxic environment. So if they got rid of that, then even better as well, I think. I think there'll be some form of PvP though. Uh, I don't know what though. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's to be announced closer to the time, but... There's a release date of March the 15th, so it's not really that far away. Um, No. On the trend of this E3, they had a band. Um, There was actually a really (sighs) cringeworthy moment when I was watching it. Like, I noticed the fact that when everybody went off the stage, because different people presented different games, the, the microphone was actually in the lobby. So whether they switched the microphone off or there was a separate microphone in the lobby when they left, is you could still hear the people talking. So in the ah. Beyond Beyond Good and Evil one, they came off the stage and they're like, Woo, yeah, we smashed that. We did it really well. And I was sort of like, all right. Oh, yeah. A bit cringe. Um, but when, before they introduced the band for uh, 
the Mario Rabbids Donkey Kong DLC. Um, there's like a female fronted band, female playing the guitar. And as they were coming on with the instruments, the guys were going off who introduced them. And I think I, I overheard it. And he said something sort of like, oh, Jesus, she always comes on at the worst time. I can't believe she did that. And I was sort of like, oh, I didn't hear anything more after in the press. But I'll have to look up to see if they said anything. But I was sort of like, oh, it's a bit cringeworthy, that is. But yeah, the band introduced the Donkey Kong DLC for Mario Rabbids. I haven't had a chance to play Mario Rabbids because I don't have a Switch. But I've heard it's very, very good. I played it and uh, I rather enjoy it. It's um, it's it's a weird game. It's kind of like XCOM, um, which when you say it's Mario with XCOM, that mm. just sounds insane, like and, it, and it really is. Um, so it's kind of bouncing. You you charge into um, your enemies and then bounce off them, or you or you can bounce off allies as well, yeah. uh, and then. Uh, oh god, it's so strange. Um, <laughs> I, it's 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 really hard to to describe, but you you are essentially um, working across a playing field to defeat um, your opponents. Um, yeah, <laughs> successful though. A lot of people are bought into it, so I think yeah. it's quite a big thing. The last E three. Um, when Ubisoft announced the partnership with Nintendo, and from what it seems, they've done really well. So hopefully in future, we'll see some more tie-ins with them being on the Switch. So all for that. The next thing that they showed off was a new trailer for Skull and Bones, which is essentially ah. Assassin's Creed Black Flag naval combat as a contained unit inside a game. And man, was that trailer pretty. It, it looked amazing. That's, uh, that, I think, between the Division Two and uh, Skull and Bones, I think Ubisoft have sewn up uh, what I'm looking for from uh, multiplayer. Yeah, without a doubt. PvE focused multiplayer. There wasn't any hint that you could get off the boats. There was kind of a a hint that you could obviously jump onto boats, but I don't think you're actually playing the characters, but. If the mechanics are done well and the sort of the co-op elements work and you can have like, you know what, boys, we're going to go off today. We're going to plunder loads of treasure and reap the spoils and all that sort of thing. It's not Sea of Thieves in the sense of you've got more to it and you can go off and all that sort of stuff. Not that they've mentioned, but the water looks amazing. The boats look really cool. <laughs> the customization of the boats that like you can change, obviously, the wheel and sort of the, the rams at the front and the sails and like you could invest a lot of time in that game especially if you're into yeah, the pirates a lot to it. yeah definitely yeah. so that's I think that's on my radar without a doubt um, one thing that probably isn't on my radar is they've partnered up with Elijah Wood um, he's got his own film company I think now not that they've released any major movies or anything like that but Elijah Wood's always been a self-confessed geek. You can see that in the TV series that he's made. Um, and they've announced a game called Transference, which is a psychological thriller. It reminded me a lot of the PT, uh, the physical trailer that um, Kojima yeah. made for what was supposed to be Silent Hills, but we're not going to go into that because that's a sore subject for most gamers. It had that element to it, but it didn't look polished to me. 
yeah, it, it just didn't look quite as good. But then I suppose it may be a fair way off, you know. Um, yeah. And Elijah Wood wasn't very polished either. I think the best thing that happened all of E3 was Elijah Wood. Just the way that he came on and he was kind of like, oh, shit, I have to read a teleprompt. And he was kind of going through it and then he lost his lines and he just looked at the camera and went, oh, no. And then like, tried to yeah. tried to carry on. But that was really cool like because it kind of it showed like a human element to him. And he was just sort of like, oh, I'm going to get it in the neck when I when I get off this stage. It was very strange, but um, yeah, quite humorous. I liked it. Yeah, um, it's definitely going to be uh, made into a gif if it hasn't already, and that's just going to be uh, the oh no thing. Yeah, but about the game though, you want to see more before, you know. It, it's not one that I went, oh yes, this this has to be no. one that I get, you know. No. Survival horrors now more so than ever are really popular with Outlast coming out and off the back of Outlast a lot of copycat games have come out like i get people get scared with the lights off i think when i played the pt that was kind of like quite nerve-wracking in the sense but they're basically running away simulators aren't they like you run you hide yeah you run you hide you run you hide like there's only so much you can do with those games but if it works it works but we'll have to wait and see with that one i think the Next announcement was they announced uh, DLC for For Honor, which is cool. I'm really not invested in that game as of yet. I've only recently bought it, but the fact that there's still a community playing that game year like a year or so after it's come out is cool. Um, the mechanics of the game are really cool. The graphics are great, but I haven't invested enough time to sort of state if it's a game I'm going to play for a long time. So I, I haven't got it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think like it's definitely a sale game. I think I picked it up for like a tenner or something like that. But yeah, right. I'm happy with what I played so far. But am I going to play it for a long time? I'm not too sure. But um, they they mentioned the crew too in a way. But that's I think that I might even be out now or it's out next week. Um, but it looks cool. You fly, you drive, you boat. What 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 what's the What's the word for when you drive a boat? Is it drive a boat? You sail a boat? Pilot it? I don't know. Pilot it? It's got a motor. It goes. But yeah, so any vehicle, you can you can do it. If you're into racing games, then it looks cool, but I don't think I'll pick it up straight away. No, you got the first one straight away, didn't you? You quite liked it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think the problem with it, it was they were... It's a massive open world. They kind of like condensed the whole of America um, into a map. And I think when I gave up on it, there was a mission where you had to travel from, it might have been Washington or New York area, um, so northeast to Miami. And it took ages. Like there's, there's stuff on the map that you can do to make it more interesting, like little challenges where you have to slalom in and, in and out of gates. But... It's massive. I think it was too big for its own good. But from the looks yeah. of this one, they've kind of reined it in a little bit more. So it might work for them. It might not. But if you're into racing games, then I'm sure you're going to check that one out. Um, they announced... We've seen it before. But they kind of hinted a little bit more on a game called Starlink Battle for Atlas, which is pretty much like No Man's Skylanders. 
if to coin a phrase. It's if you took No Man's Sky, you got Skylanders. Basically, there's toys which you put on the controller, and then you control it. It looked really cool. I'm not gonna lie, it did actually look really cool. Yeah, my 11 year old saw it and said that looks amazing. That's that's something I want to play. Um, and and my brain went, oh god, this is gonna be expensive. That's the thing. I think the problem with those games is if the base game is enough for you to go through the whole game and you're not, you don't have to buy the add-ons, then it could be really cool. Like after it, after you've put the disc back on the shelf and it's collecting dust, you've got like a cool bigger spaceship thing. Then yeah, yeah. but as somebody with kids, especially um, children of your age, Dan, it's it's alarm signals, isn't it? You're like, oh my God, Skylanders had like six or seven iterations where once the new one comes out, the old toys are like defective essentially and you have to buy them all over again. Like it's like buying magazines. Skylanders, the toys from the very, very first game still work to the very, very last game that they released. So that was, that was really good. Mm. Um, And you had the added bonus that Skylanders kind of, once they brought the new one out, the old one was a lot cheaper. So you used to be able to pick up like the uh, the starter pack for sixteen quid, and uh, that had a few figures in. And then and now um, you can get the the figures for a pound, two pounds. You know, if you look around. So so if if the kids are still into those toys toys to life kind of games, mm. then uh, you know you, you can do it fairly cheap now. But this Starlink would be one that you'd want to wait on. And uh, it sounds terrible, but if it fails, then it's going to be much cheaper. Oh, of course, yeah. So it's kind of counterintuitive, you know. But it's the mentality, especially if you've got children, like can you keep them out of the media for five years and be like, oh, here's your Christmas present. It's it's new, it's shiny, and it was really cheap, but I'm not going to tell you that. It's kind of like, yeah. Yeah. If you if that's going to be your hobby, it's successful, and they have loads of add-ons. Obviously, they mentioned at the end that Star Fox is going to be um, available from launch, but for Switch only. It could sell really well on the Switch, just for that fact. Everybody's been yeah. waiting for a new Star Fox game, um, and that could be it for them. Yeah, it could be enough. Yep. So, see how it pans out. If it's cheap, buy it. If you get a cool... Thing that goes in your controller for like 40 quid then happy days but we'll see um major reveal for ubisoft was the fact that they announced even though it was announced prior by a key ring just like every other assassin's creed game that came before it last year it was leaked from a t-shirt this year a key ring is assassin's creed odyssey which is mm-hmm. a technically a sequel um, from Origins, set in Greece. Uh, this time round, you have two playable characters from the get-go. Uh, a woman, which is cool, uh, or a man, if you want to do that. Um, they've stated that there's going to be new RPG elements. Uh, the naval combat is coming back, which is amazing, because I love the naval combat in Black Flag. Um, yeah. that, again, the trailer looked really cool. Ubisoft know how to make locations and worlds look realistic and pretty yeah and, and origins was so good i i can't see this not being fantastic mm. 
Yeah, without a doubt. I think one issue I may have had with Origins is the map was massive. Like, most of the content you didn't necessarily unlock until later on in the game when you're like level 38 to 40, um, which added a bit of longevity to the game. Um, but at the same sense, it's quite intimidating the fact that there was a lot to cover ground wise, but the locations were great. They added the, um, the explore mode. I can't remember what it was actually called, but um, the discovery, discovery mode. mode, that's it. Yeah. So Greece, more confined, surrounded by water. The naval combat makes sense. Um, mythology, they kind of hinted on that at the end with the Minotaur. I'm not going to say Minotaur because it's Minotaur. Um, so all, are they going to have anything else? Yeah, well, all throughout there were hints at the gods and things. So there were uh, giant statues of Prometheus getting his insides torn out. And, mm. You know, the. Um, Oh, what's the guy? Uh, Atlas um, holding up the world, and yeah. you know, there were lots and lots of, of statues that hinted at the mythology. So I'm hoping it kind of plays into it, and we we get some of that. That would be good. Yeah, I definitely hope it's more not literal in the sense of their statues. I kind of hope they go down the lines of you actually meet them in a way. It's like a more fantasy kind of world less than set in reality so you meet the the blind witches on the top of the hill um they send you to fight medusa all that sort of stuff like going back to the original clash of the titans that sort of style um obviously they yeah. hit that it's like the spartan warrior so they might hit on that war but they had i think in that trailer they had like a bit at the end where there was an actual war on the beach yeah it was a big big battle yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that look, I, I like the idea. You, you don't often see in games uh, armies facing off where you're one character amongst that army. So uh, I, think, I think I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, definitely. And I think with what they've added on this one, from what we saw in the trailer, I know it's quite limited, it kind of hints on the possibilities of what they might do in the future. Um, maybe like a, a Braveheart style one in setting like Scotland or going through those sort of, because they haven't really hinted on those sort of eras in the Assassin's Creed game. Yes, they had London uh, with Syndicate, um, which is kind of bringing it quite close uh, to modern times, but it would be cool to see um, going around weed, wielding a shield uh, and swords on the plains in Scotland and wearing kilts and all that sort of stuff. That would be my my ideal Assassin's Creed game, but it would lose the Assassin's Creed element, which the games have kind of done already, really. You don't do much of the parkour, so. Yeah, that that was one of the things that was missing from Origins um, that you kind of hope they could bring back in some way, um, but there wasn't much. Origins was a, a pretty complete package. Yeah, yeah, I think... You could still traverse uh, buildings quite effortlessly, but it wasn't forced like the other games that like you had to do the stealth parkour, running along a building while somebody runs underneath you, otherwise you're not going to be able to catch them. But yeah, more yeah. more like that. I'm happy with that. New Assassin's Creed game, even though it's only been a year, they said it's been in development for three years and it clearly shows. 
Um, they've added like the dialogue options, which is a new RPG um, element that they've introdu introduced. So yeah, everybody's winning for that one, I think. And that's out just before Christmas as well. So that's good. Mm. So lastly on our list, um, I'll have a quick nod to the other companies who did conferences. Not that we're going to talk about them, but Square Enix, PC, Nintendo, uh, Devolver Digital were there for some weird reason. Because um, they only really make weird indie games like Hotline Miami and that sort of thing. Um, and Limited Run Games had one as well. But unless you're a collector, you're not really going to be interested in games that they sort of release. But Square Enix, yeah, same as before. What do they have? Tomb Raider. Shadow of the Tomb Raider looks really cool. Um, yeah. Kingdom Hearts again for the 15th billionth time. Um, <laughs> PC, I think they announced eight or nine Battle Royale games. No big surprise. Um, and Nintendo basically just announced all the games that are coming out before Christmas. Um, so a new Mario Party game. Um, that's about it, really. Smash Brothers. And they, I think they, yeah. they announced every single character on the Smash Brothers roster because they were trying to fill an hour slot with four games, essentially. So, but Yeah, it's, it's a big thing for them to have every character in there. But um, if you're not interested in Smash Brothers, come on, Nintendo. You should be producing something for everyone. Yep. Um, where is the virtual console? You know, on, on Wii U, you could play pretty much every single Zelda game that's ever come out. Why can't you just do that on Switch? Just just release it, just do it. I have a it feeling with... It easy and quick win. Because they're integrating some form of online thing, aren't they, later on in the year? If I'm correct. Yeah, and they're bringing out NES games with it. Sweet. Can Everybody I... wants to play well... NES games, like Duck Hunt and the original Mario Brothers. That's about it. Uh, there isn't a lot going for the NES, yeah. was there? There were some good oh. games, but SNES, SNES is where it's at. GameCube, those sort of games, yeah. N64, we all want that back. So it would be in the pipeline anytime soon, not too sure, but I'm sure people are itching to play all the old games, not illegally downloading an emulator on a train or a bus. That'd be amazing. But yeah. Only yeah, they, time will see. If they don't strike, they need to strike while the iron's hot, though, because, you know... Um, the Switch is, is, is a really good little system and, and people are, you know, it's very popular. People are very happy with it. But the longer people, after people buy one, there's a few games that you, you get and then you think, oh, I'll go back to playing my PS4 for a while now. Yeah. And, you know, if, if they don't provide you with reasons to go back, just like we were talking about um, actual games themselves, if you don't have a reason to go back and play more, then it kind of slips out your mind and you move on to other things. Of course. And I think what Nintendo are good at are innovation. Uh, they switch up the market, no pun intended. Um, but they release things that people are kind of like itching for, uh, a console that you can take anywhere. Awesome. But they're kind of left behind with the sense that they don't have a lot of third-party developers backing them. If you're into Nintendo, you're going to get Nintendo because that's what people do. I love Mario. I love Zelda. That sort of thing. You're going to invest in that. But apart from that, they need to up their game, essentially. So we'll see what happens in the future. But yeah. the last company, whilst my cat tries to uh, break in, is Sony. 
um, obviously, we are massive PlayStation supporters. We play mainly on the PS4. I was so underwhelmed by Sony's press conference this year. The delivery was awful. There was a lot of filler that they didn't need to have. But they did show us four promising games. Yeah, and I think the the good takeaway from it is they didn't show you games that are um, six years away. They they generally seem to be showing things that were in a pretty good state and, and not that far off release. Um, I think the furthest out thing that's probably on that list is either Control or uh, the Ghosts, Ghost of Tsushima. I'd probably say right. Ghost of Tsushima is closer than Death Stranding. And Oh yeah, Death Stranding, I forgot about that yeah. because that's just insane. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the thing, but Obviously, we'll, we'll get on to, to Death Stranding in a second. The The thing that sort of striked me the most was they they wasted a lot of money in the sense of the first game that they showed off was The Last of Us Part Two. Um, they had built a church, essentially, for people to view it. And then after the conference, they had to get everybody from that church to move into the official venue to watch the last three games. It was yeah. cool... Was it needed? Probably not. So some weird guy came out, flipped his head up, he's wearing a black hoodie, uh, and played the banjo for about 10 minutes, which is really cool. But it led into what is, without a doubt, the best trailer I have ever seen in my life. The Last of Us Part Two. the trailer started off and you had Ellie, surprise, surprise, talking to some Asian bloke at a bar and you're kind of thinking, oh, is this her boyfriend? Even though she kind of hinted on in uh, the Left Behind DLC, spoiler alert, um, that she was gay. It was kind of, it wasn't confirmed, but it kind of was. Um, and then she proceeds to go onto a dance floor and dance with a girl who we only can assume is her girlfriend. Um, and then they kissed. And it wasn't awkward in the sense of whenever you see in a computer game kiss, it is so awkward. Like, it's basically two weird boxy polygon things just, like, bumping into each other. But yeah, it this, felt natural. This wasn't Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't some weird facial animations and you're kind of like, oh, I think they're going to kiss now. It's kind of when you're watching a film with your parents when you're, like, a teenager and, like, you know there's going to be a sex scene and you know you can't escape the room and you just have to ride it out. It's, like, it wasn't, like, that bad. So, um, so yeah, graphically, the facial... Naughty Dogs have got facial animations down. Mm. Um, a lot of the animations were, were amazing. The dodging, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I think the trailer kind of led into what seems could be like a revenge story. Um, there was no... Oh, my cat's just meowing trying to get in. Um, there was no scene... Oh, Joel wasn't in the trailer. Um, so it kind of yeah. indicates that he's probably dead um, or he's not the pinnacle character. You're going to be playing as Ellie. Um, the combat looked brutal. Like... Every element, like, I don't know how staged that gameplay demo was, 
either way, the person playing it looked like he was experienced with the game, unlike a lot of trainers that you see where the people have not, they, you, they haven't played computer games before, you can tell. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how it's like to play with a controller in your hand, but it did look really good. Well, you just got to look at the last few Naughty Dog games. They're not going to mess this up. No. I, I can't see them getting it wrong. Yeah. I think the establishment that they've had in the industry with the Uncharted series, Uncharted 4, like, graphically, gameplay-wise, it, was, it, was, it wasn't perfect, but it was pretty much near perfect. So I think, without a doubt, even though The Last of Us has been put on that pedestal of being one of the best games ever made, it's going to surpass it. But we don't know when it's coming out. I think that's the only issue. Um, I I don't think it'll be that far off. I think next year at some point, probably the summer. Hopefully, we shall see. Hopefully, it will be next year. Um, yep, we mentioned it before, but the next game they showed off was Ghost of Tsushima, which is uh, Sucker Punch's new game. Uh, the developers of the infamous series, and yet again. That trailer was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it kind of looked like The Witcher Japan. Yeah, yeah. As soon as the characters came in, I think the first thing that I thought was like, oh, this is very Witcher-esque. And the, the colour palette was really cool as well. I think the notes of um, the red from the leaves, they worked really well. Yeah, it looked absolutely um, beautiful, yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, from the looks of things, I don't think that's that's too far off either. Uh, if what they showed us was actually in-game gameplay, then on happy days, that's going to work really well. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, the combat looked very fluid. It did. It definitely did. It had a bit of... Uh, I, w- I don't want to say like a, an Arkham series kind of vibe, because a lot of games are going towards that combat wise but it definitely looked fluid which is cool mm-hmm. uh, so the next thing um, they kind of hinted on a new game from Remedy uh, the guys who made the first two Max Payne games and Quantum Break um, basically is a time bending shooter like because that's what they do oh that was do. Control wasn't yeah, it was that it was Control, control? yeah um, and that made me think a lot of uh, Quantum Break on the uh, the Xbox. Um, you probably haven't played that though, have you, Frank? I've seen it, but not played it's, it yet. Um, it was a bit mediocre. It it was alright. Um, it had some very good mechanics and things, but as a whole game, it just didn't come together. No. So if they can do something like that but better, then um, then that could be really good. And it'd be interesting to see if it is a Sony exclusive because Quantum Break was a Microsoft exclusive. So I think maybe with this, the poor sales that they had, it was kind of badly received critic-wise, Quantum Break, that they've kind yeah. of gone, nah, we'll go elsewhere, get a little bit of investment and uh, hopefully it'll work out for us. I think with Quantum Break, they had this whole weird... They were making a TV show at the same time. Mm. And oh, I just... That was such a mistake yeah i think when you're forcing people to watch like half an hour to an hour episodes in between levels you're kind of like yeah people don't want to do that people just want a game they want to get on with it 
nine times out of ten they're going to skip the cutscenes if they're that long. So yeah, it could work. We shall see. Um, Resident Evil Two, the remake or remaster. It's probably safe to say it's a remake. Um, was shown off. Um, a lot of people got excited for this. Um, nostalgia wise, I think Resident Evil Two resonates with a lot of people, especially survival horror fans. Um, it was my second survival horror game on the PS1. I think I played Silent Hill, the first Silent Hill game first, and then I played Resident Evil 2 after that. I probably was about eight years old, so I probably shouldn't have played those games, but I can remember, <laughs> like yesterday, when I played that game, and the trailer for me was just sort of like, okay, they've gone down the Resident Evil 4 aspect of the over-the-shoulder view but it's been done in the Resident Evil 7 engine, which I think it's just called the RE or RE engine or Res engine. Yeah. Um, graphically, that looks super realistic. Yeah, I watched it and my brain was saying um, absolutely nothing's changed. This is exactly like it was in the original Resident Evil 2. And then I had to go back and watch some gameplay from Resident Evil 2, the original, and my brain must have been filling in the blanks and <laughs> using my imagination a lot because yeah. uh that game it, looks, it's, it looks so good yeah. yeah yeah the original like with the fixed camera angles and the clunky box controls and like it's amazing how not so much with the 8-bit era or sort of like the sega mega drive uh, snes games because those graphics still hold up to today because none of them were necessarily 3d graphics but when it mm. jumped to the Sega Saturn and the PS1 games, like your imagination had to fill in a lot of blanks, like you said, like playing Tomb Raider or um, games like that. Nowadays, you think, oh my God, we actually played games like this. These games are awful. But back then, those games looked incredible just because they were new. But yeah, it's amazing to think that we actually thought they looked realistic when they, when they obviously didn't. Yeah, the ability to actually explore a 3D world was so revolutionary then that um I, I think they got away with a lot because you know we were we were doing the work ourselves in our heads yeah definitely yeah there's definitely a lot of uh thinking ahead um but nowadays we don't need to because graphics actually look realistic which is great um death stranding um we've seen this game a few times now and that trailer left me thinking i still don't have a clue what you do in this game it was a Gameplay. I'm wondering. I I'm wondering if the people making the game know what's going on in the game. I don't think they do. To be honest with you, like we saw Norman Reedus walking, and that's about it. But he walked for a long. He he walked, He covered a big distance. Do you think he just motion captured like one bit of walking, or did he motion capture all of the walking? And Norman Reedus is now like a. Uh, a world-class walker. He can, he can walk anywhere. Yeah, but I think well, the one thing that was flying around in the gaming community is the fact that because he had a backpack, it might actually be like uh, a UPS simulator. Like, the joke is he is actually just delivering that baby from where he starts to where he ends. There's no, there's nothing in between. These shadow things in the sky are just like scenery, something to look at. And all you've got to do is deliver the baby, and that's it. Mads Mikkelsen is going to be like, oh, I've been waiting a long time for this baby. And that's I, it. I, I, I saw a picture where they um, 
plastered the backpack with Just Eat logos. <laughs> so he's actually delivering takeaway. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Pizza delivery. It's like the new Paperboy, but with like intensely good graphics. Yeah, just deliver the pizza, avoid the weird ghost things. Yeah. yeah. That's the game. Yeah. But, like, I, I reckon that game's far off, but it's... The Kojima name is holding that game up, and that's probably about it. Um, they also announced a Neo 2. Um, the first Neo is great, but you have to be into the Soul series, kind of, to, to invest in that yeah. game. But it's just a trailer. Um, they announced the new Destiny 2 Forsaken DLC properly. Um, I have nothing to say about that. I have no idea what it's going to uh, be. I'm never going to play it. I'm just, I'm just crushed on Destiny at the moment. It's um, the, the cost of playing Destiny 2 Year 2 mm. is almost double the cost of playing Destiny 1 Year 2. And Destiny 1 Year 2 is really, really good. Yeah. So... Um, I, I just don't see how they can ask so much money of of people who've stuck with the series for so long um, for, well, they haven't actually even announced what's in the um, annual pass yet. They've, they, uh, they've mentioned the price, which is steep, but they don't, you know, they haven't told you what's in it. Yeah, they, they said there'll be end-game content, well... How many strikes are you planning on putting in it? How many raid events? You know, yeah. just just give us some numbers. You know, and 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 they keep saying there'll be more throughout the year, uh, throughout the summer. But um, I, I think I think the, I'm about done. The cloak and dagger tactics of them saying it's going to get better, we're going to reveal more, kind of worked at the beginning. Um, but the problem now, especially with a lot of companies, after the Battlefront Two fiasco, are kind of saying like. We're gonna give you everything for free because that's what you want. Yeah, we know you don't want to. You're like you're you're begrudgingly enough wanting to pay forty to fifty pounds for a new game. The last thing we want you to do is pay seventy quid more just to keep playing the game when we know for a fact that games are coming out left, right, and center, and you're just gonna move on. So, yeah, unless they do a, oh. a one eighty and say we don't want your money, we were joking, haha, it's all free. Then yeah, nothing's gonna happen. So, so you've got like three um, ways of doing things. You've got games that charge for the, the cost of the game. You've got games where they charge for co cosmetic items. And you've got games where they charge for an annual pass or DLC. Um, Destiny is the only game I can name at the moment that is doing all three of those. You've got cosmetics through the uh, coins you can buy and spend in game, which I've, I've never bought. Um, so they are optional, but they're there. They've got DLCs and they've got the cost of the game up front. Then you look at something like Fortnite, where the only thing they're using to support themselves is the cosmetic items, and they're raking in the cash. Yeah, yeah. It makes massively. it makes makes Bungie look bad. Of course it does. And I think like people have got into that mentality now. Like I'll spend money if I want to spend money, but I do not want to be forced to spend that money. Like. Because yeah. I'll just move on. It's like going into McDonald's and buying a Coke and then saying, oh, you've got to pay a pound for a straw and a lid and a napkin. And you you just go elsewhere, wouldn't you? you just be like, I'm not taking this. So, yeah, they have, they have to do a U-turn because otherwise it's going down. But 
the Chinese company, I can't remember the name for them now, but they invested 100 million um, into Bungie. So I'm going to say, this is my prediction for the future, is Activision are going to take on the Bungie name, no, not the Bungie name, the Destiny name, and make their own Destiny game. And Bungie are going to go and do something else. That's my prediction. So, I think Bungie are going to make a card game which is going to be sold on mobile. That's going to have a, a colon name like Destiny, I don't know, Future, Destiny Future. <laughs> Destiny Genesis starting over again. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so those two games before we finish off the stream. Um, last one is deep in my soul. Is Trover saves the universe, and the only reason ah. I want to play this game is because it's by Justin Roiland, who makes uh, Rick and Morty. And if anybody knows me, I'm a massive Rick and Morty fan. It's it's going to be a niche game. It looks stupid, but I'll probably invest in that just because I want to giggle and it looks crazy. So, But it's not going to sell well. I don't reckon it's going to sell well at all. It's going to flop, but we'll see. But the main... Yeah, game, I thought, thought yeah. that's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people did because all you heard is like Morty's voice from Rick and Morty and I'm like, oh, that could be good if you like Rick and Morty. Um, but the main <laughs> game, which kind of ended the Sony press conference was... Uh, Insomniac Games iteration of Spider-Man and the trailer looked really cool. Yeah, the combat looked great. Um, Spider-Man did kick a guy off a roof. Yep. So, you know, he's not really supposed to be killing people, but, you know. Didn't like Spider-Man um, They never do. Well, if you're falling <laughs> off a roof, you know. Um, concrete evidence. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the concrete hitting him that's going to do it, yeah. <laughs> that um, probably do, yeah. It, it just looked brilliant. It's, it's going to be a great game. Um, it's, is it one that I want to buy on release? I don't know. It's a single-player game. I think I can wait and play it, and it will still be the same experience. Yeah, I think the, the plus and the minus side to Sony's games is they are very single-player focused, which... Um, a year ago, a lot of people saying like, oh, we don't want single-player games anymore. But they were wrong. They were wrong. Everybody wants single-player games. If you want a multiplayer game, go play Fortnite. Good for you. I am heavily invested in storylines. I don't like multiplayer games just because they put trophies in there, which take ages, and I don't want to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But as a consumer, the plus side, as you mentioned, is if I wait even a couple of weeks, that game will be cheaper. So that's cool. Like... Am yeah. I still going to buy it from a trusted retailer to make sure the company get the money? Yeah, I'm all for that. I'm not going to buy it secondhand, but I don't want to invest like 50 quid in a new game that I might not play for a long period of time. Um, but it does look great. They showed off uh, loads of different bad guys. I think Vulture was in there, Electro, Scorpion, Rhino. Um, there was a bit of a weird not reveal at the end where they're kind of like, oh, it's you, but they didn't go any further than that but they yeah. showed off a lot of the swing in the web mechanics and it looked it looked ready it looked like they could release it tomorrow and it'd be a good game and if you looked closely on electro's face i don't know if you remember the uh the 1960s uh spider-man uh 
TV cartoon series. I just loved that when I was a kid. It was fantastic. But Electro had this enormous yellow um, star thing around his face, of like lightning. Yeah. Well, if you look at the pattern that uh, that that made where it touched his face, that's the pattern that Electro had on his face in the trailer. So that's a good framework, so, really. So yeah, they've got a little touch in there for people who are hardcore fans, you know. And I think I think there'll be a lot of that. What Insomniac have done right, I think, from the development commentary that I heard um, after the press conferences, is there's a lot of people in that team similar to yourself that, as a kid growing up, they were heavily invested in Spider-Man. They had the comics. They watched the TV series. Um, mm not so big on the movies, so they kind of wanted to go back to that. Um, so there's going to be a lot of fan service. There's going to be a lot of things in that game that are not a lot of people are going to get, but it's going to make the diehard fans really happy. So they've picked the right developer, or Marvel, they've picked the right developer to trust in that franchise. So it's going to be great. But like you said, can you wait to play it? Probably. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it's taken us a while, but we've got yeah got through E3. From about E3, there's a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. As like a final thought, E3 was great. It probably wasn't as great as other years have been. The main reason probably is there's been no hardware announcements, so there's not been the big like oh WTF that's coming out. Um, uh, next time, gadget. Yeah. <laughs> If next time, if Walmart have gone into administration, they're not going to ruin anything for us. Um, the only sort of final thought that I had is the two games that I wanted to see, which they didn't show off, was Red Dead Redemption 2 and mm. the In the Works, well, 3, maybe, because Rocksteady is supposed to be making a Superman game because they've moved on from the Batman games. Um, and I can't remember for the life of me who's making the new Avengers game. But somebody's making an Avengers game and that didn't crop up, but it's always next year for that one. I kind of, um, I, I know it's um, a, a running one at the moment and it's still very, very popular, but I thought there would be something on Overwatch to sort of signal the future of the game and, and where they might be going. Yeah, I think but, um, Blizzard yeah. are so highly invested in it that they keep spending money. Um, it's kind of gone down the esports r- uh, route, hasn't it? So... Um, they can put content in that game in dribs and drabs and people still play the game religiously. So I don't think they really need to do a major reveal and say, Overwatch 2's coming or there's going to be a hundred new characters because people are going to play it either way, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The only major disappointment for me was the fact that Borderlands 3, as mentioned at the beginning of the stream, was not there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the head of uh, Gearbox said it wouldn't, but most people are like, oh, this is going to be a joke. He's just saying it's not there, but he's going to be like, guess what? Claptrap's going to come on stage and be like, what lands three? But no, it wasn't there. It never happened. It's like, oh, okay. So what do you think? Do you think they're working on it secretly and they're going to go pop it ready? Or do you think it's something that's a long way off? Oh, it's, they're, they're making it. But I think the problem with that is when it comes out, is it going to be relevant? Like, everybody loved the first two Borderlands games, two more so than the first and the pre-sequel probably got a lot more 
um, attention. Um, but yeah, when it comes out, are people going to be like, oh, yay, Crackdown 3? Or like, oh, yay, Borderlands 3? We've moved on. Like, Battle Royale's come, everybody loves that sort of game. Or mm. that's another prediction Borderlands Battle Royale. Is that why they're postponing it? Because they've been introduced to that? Hopefully not, but it would work. For a game with Battle Royale, with loads of guns, that would work really well. But we'll see. Mm. So, yeah. So, E3, that's all wrapped up. Um, it's been quite a successful first episode uh, for the middle-aged gamers, I would say. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's pretty good. We're going to have to get more middle-aged gamers in there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's probably many... Uh, middle-aged gamers in the world that we can uh, occupy our time with. Um, so yeah, next next time they hear from us, it's going to be a, a, a lot shorter, condensed episode, but E3 is such a major event in the gaming calendar, and there's so much stuff to go over, um, and we don't get it all the time until the next game conference, because there's loads now, but we shall see what happens in the future. But until then, yeah, a few games that I'm eagerly waiting for, um, come Christmas time, it's going to be an expensive time of the year, and especially February and March as well. Always is. Yeah, <laughs> always is. Cool. So, from us middle-aged gamers, I've been Frank, and I say farewell. And I've been Dan. See you later. <laughs>